on playing you today's hit music. Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from the Voice of America. I'm Ashley Thompson. And I'm Dan Novak. This program is designed for English learners, so we speak a little slower and we use words and phrases especially written for people learning English. Today on the program, you will hear reports from Brian Lynn and John Russell. Later, Jill Robbins presents this week's Health and Lifestyle Report. We close the show with the next part of our U.S. History Series. But first, here is Brian Lynn. North Korea has held a major agriculture conference as experts warn about worsening food shortages in the country. State media reported North Korean leader Kim Jong-un began the high-level meeting of the ruling Workers' Party on Sunday. Officials said the purpose of the conference was to discuss ways to improve agriculture to strengthen North Korea's economy. The official Korean Central News Agency, KCNA, reported Workers' Party leaders are seeking ways to establish a rural revolution for North Korea. The report said the meeting was meant to help identify immediate, important agricultural issues to help improve the state of national economic development. KCNA did not say whether Kim spoke during the meeting or how long it would last. International experts have warned that food insecurity issues have worsened in North Korea. The difficulties are linked to economic restrictions placed on the country over its nuclear weapons and missile programs. In addition, lockdowns related to the COVID-19 pandemic severely hurt the economy. Earlier this month, South Korea's Unification Ministry said the planned meetings to discuss agriculture added to evidence that the food situation in North Korea seems to have deteriorated. The U.S.-based 38 North program is a policy group that watches developments in North Korea. It said in a report last month that food availability has likely fallen below the bare minimum with regard to human needs. The group noted that food insecurity was at its worst level since severe starvation rates affected the country in the 1990s. Most experts have said North Korea's current food situation is not near the extremes of the 1990s, when hundreds of thousands of people died of starvation. 
However, some experts have said the country's food insecurity is likely at its worst point since Kim took power in 2011. North Korea needs about 5.5 million tons of grain each year to feed its 25 million people. Last year, the country's production was estimated to be 4.5 million tons. That was a 3.8 percent drop from 2020. South Korea's government estimates showed. It is not clear what action the meeting will result in. Some experts say North Korea will use the gathering to increase public support of Kim during his disputes with the United States and its allies over his nuclear weapons program. Although North Korea's economic situation remains difficult, Kim has pushed to expand his nuclear weapons and missile programs. He has sought to position North Korea as a nuclear power, and has called for economic restrictions on the country to be removed. Last year was a record year for weapons testing activities in the country. This month, the North launched ballistic missiles and carried out tests on other weapons too. I'm Brian Lynn. The U.S. Copyright Office said that book images created using the artificial intelligence (AI) program Midjourney should not have been given copyright protection. Reuters news agency reports, a copyright is a kind of legal protection that bars others from copying works made by the people who created them or own the copyright. Zoya of the Dawn writer Kristina Kashtanova will be able to get a copyright for the parts of the book she wrote and ordered. But she will not receive copyright protection for images she made using Midjourney, the office said in its letter. The decision is one of the first by a U.S. court or agency about copyright protection for works created with AI. The decision comes at a time when AI software like Midjourney, Dall-E, and ChatGPT. Are being used to create written and other materials. The Copyright Office said in a letter that it would change its registration for Zaria of the Dawn to leave out images that are not the product of humans. The research laboratory Midjourney did not immediately answer a request for comment. The Copyright Office had no comment on the decision. Kashtanova called it great news that she kept the copyright for her story and arrangement of the images. She said the decision covers a lot of uses for the people in the AI art community. She added that she and her lawyers were considering how best to press ahead with their argument. 
They believe that the images themselves were a direct expression of Kashtanova's creativity, and therefore copyrightable. Midjourney is an AI system that creates images based on written instructions. Kashtanova wrote the text of Zarya of the Dawn, and Midjourney created the book's images based on her instructions. The Copyright Office told Kashtanova in October it would reconsider the book's copyright. The agency said that was because her application did not describe using Midjourney to create the images. The office said that it would give copyright protection for the book's text and the way Kashtanova chose and arranged its elements, but it said she was not the mastermind behind the images themselves. The fact that Midjourney's specific output cannot be predicted by users makes Midjourney different for copyright purposes than other tools used by artists, the letter said. I'm John Russell. in the northern hemisphere are starting to plan their summer gardens. Most are thinking about how their plants and flowers will look in the bright sunshine in the coming summer. But when the summer sun goes down in the evening and you are sitting outside at home, you may not be able to see many flowers in the yard without artificial lighting. With some planning, you can plant a moon garden. That is one you can enjoy by the light of the moon. Jessica Damiano writes about gardening for the Associated Press. She says plants with silver or multicolored leaves, white or light-colored flowers, or flowers that open only at night are good choices for a moon garden. Another way to enjoy plants in the evening is to choose ones with a pleasing smell. Plant them along a walkway or near a seating area outdoors where you can enjoy them up close or within view of a window. For a moon garden, Damiano suggests planting these kinds of light-colored, moon-reflecting blooms. The moonflower, of course, <laughs> as well as Shasta Daisy, Four O'Clock, Sweet alyssum, yarrow, snow in summer, evening primrose, petunias, New Guinea impatiens, and geranium. Insects that visit flowers at night to collect pollen, such as the sphinx moth, love them too. You can begin the garden early with early bloomers like lily of the valley, daffodil, and azalea. Make the season last longer into the autumn with late bloomers like chrysanthemum and autumn clematis. Plants with unusual or multicolored leaves include spotted dead nettle, Japanese painted fern, jack frost Siberian bugloss, hostas, silver lamb's ears, dusty miller, Russian sage, silver mound wormwood, 
and some euonymus varieties. All of these plants can be seen after sundown and especially seem to shine under a full moon. If you want good smells to fill your yard in the evening, plant mock orange gardenia, lilac, summer sweet, and jasmine. In very warm places, try planting langlang and frangipani to fill your evenings with pleasure. Remember that, like a painting, a garden needs something behind the attention-getting objects in front. Include a backdrop of woody plants like the sweet-smelling Korean spice viburnum or white-blooming hydrangeas. Trees like paper birch white or silver poplar, acacia and eucalyptus light up the night. Find out about those that work best in your climate by talking with other gardeners or a local expert. For the best visual effect, plant in groups of three, five, or seven of the same kind of plant. That is a good gardening method in general because it avoids creating a disorganized mixture of plants and flowers. But it is more important in a moon garden. You do not want your single plants to get lost in the dark. There is one more thing to increase how much you can see your moon garden. Add some small lights that face the plants. Their light will increase the appeal of your moon garden. Think about using other light-colored design elements as well, such as fencing, plant supports, stones, water features, and glass balls. I'm Jill Robbins. You just heard this week's Health and Lifestyle Report, presented by Jill Robbins. Jill joins me now to talk more about the story. Hi, Jill. It's good to have you here. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me. So, are you getting ready to plant your garden yet? In fact, I have, Ashley. Even though I moved to an apartment building last year, I'm still starting seeds to give to my friends and other people with gardens. What do you think of this new moonlight garden idea? I love it. For people who work during the weekdays, they only have weekends for enjoying the flowers and plants in full sunlight. With a moon garden, they can relax out in the garden after the sun goes down. How does that work? Do you need artificial lights? No, you plant lighter colored flowers and plants with light and dark parts of their leaves. That kind of flower or leaf will reflect the light from the moon. I think I know what you mean. They should have multicolored leaves, like plants with light green or even yellow leaves. Is that correct? That's right. One of my favorite plants has grayish-white leaves. It's called Dusty Miller. Is there anything else for us to keep in mind if we want to plant a moon garden? You should choose plants that smell nice. Then, even if you can't see them, you can enjoy their fragrance. Oh, like night-blooming jasmine? That's a good one. 
And you can also put light-colored fencing, stones, or garden art around to look at under the moon. Well, thanks again for joining me today. I think our listeners will enjoy hearing more about these moon gardens. You're welcome. Welcome to the Making of a Nation, American History in VOA Special English. In September of 1901, President William McKinley was assassinated. His vice president, Theodore Roosevelt, was sworn in to replace him. Roosevelt was 42 years old, the youngest man ever to hold the office of president of the United States. Morris Joyce and Shep O'Neill tell the story of President Theodore Roosevelt. And his administration. Theodore Roosevelt became president at the beginning of the twentieth century. It was a time of rapid changes in American society. The changes were a result of technology. Great progress had been made, for example, in transportation. Almost every American city. Had a street railroad or trolley. These systems were powered by electricity. Thousands of Americans owned automobiles, and Henry Ford was planning a low-cost version, which even more people could buy. Great progress had been made in communications. There were telephones in almost every business office in the cities. And in many homes, and Italian inventor Guglielmo Marconi had sent the first wireless message across the Atlantic Ocean. It was clear that the United States had made great progress in technology, yet many believed it had made little progress in social issues. These people felt America's resources were being. They felt America's farmers were poorer than they should be. They felt America's industries were unfair to workers. Since the late 1800s, a spirit of reform had been growing in the United States. It started among farmers, and led to the creation of a new political party, the Populists. Then organized labor joined the movement. Then middle class Americans. Not everyone agreed on ways to solve society's problems, but they were united in the belief that social progress had to be made. The future of American democracy, they said, depended on the success of the progressive movement. The man who came to represent the spirit of reform most of all was the new president, Theodore Roosevelt.
Roosevelt was born to a wealthy family in New York City in 1858. He was a weak child with poor eyesight. He spent much of his time reading. When Theodore was 13 years old, he got into an argument with two other boys. He tried to fight them, but he was not strong enough. That incident was a turning point in Roosevelt's life. He decided to overcome his physical weaknesses through exercise and hard work. He lifted weights, ran long distances, and learned how to be a boxer. He continued these activities while he attended Harvard University. After college, Roosevelt married Alice Lee and returned to New York. He became active in the Republican Party. When he was just 23 years old, he was elected to the state legislature. Roosevelt quickly became known as a reform politician. He denounced all forms of dishonesty in government. Roosevelt's first political career did not last long. He withdrew after four years, following the deaths of his wife and mother. His sadness was so great that he could not continue. Roosevelt moved to a ranch in the Dakota Territory of the American West. He began to raise beef cattle. At first, the local cowboys laughed at him. They called him Four Eyes because he wore eyeglasses. They stopped laughing when they found he could do the hard work of a cowboy as well as any of them. Roosevelt spent two years in the West. Then he returned to New York and a life in politics. He became the Republican candidate for mayor of New York City, but lost the election. Then he campaigned for Republican Benjamin Harrison in the presidential election of 1888. Harrison won. And he named Roosevelt head of the Federal Civil Service Commission. Roosevelt fought hard to keep politics out of the civil service. Democrat Grover Cleveland was elected president four years later. He approved of Roosevelt's civil service reforms. He asked him to remain in the job. Roosevelt did so for another two years. Then he became commissioner of police in New York City. Once again, he pushed for reforms. He removed policemen found guilty of receiving illegal payments. In 1897, President William McKinley named Theodore Roosevelt Assistant Secretary of the Navy. The United States went to war against Spain a year later. Roosevelt wanted an active part in the war.
So he resigned, and joined the army. He organized a force of horse soldiers, known as the Rough Riders. They were honored for bravery in the Battle of San Juan Hill in Cuba. Roosevelt was now a war hero. Republican Party leaders in New York thought he would be the perfect candidate for governor. Teddy, as the public called him, won a close election. He soon made clear he would not take orders from party leaders. The new governor proposed controls on businesses. His main targets were companies that supplied the public with water, electricity, and natural gas. He demanded changes in the food and drug industries, and he shortened the workday for women and children. The public praised Roosevelt's reform efforts. Local party leaders did not, as one said. I do not want him raising hell in my state any longer. Local leaders decided the best way to get him out of New York politics was to support him for vice president of the United States. The office gave a man very little voice or power in politics. Roosevelt did not want the job for that reason. By then, he wanted just one thing: to be president of the United States. He was sure being vice president would ruin his chances, but he accepted the nomination at the national convention. He would run on the ticket with William McKinley. Sadly, he said, "I do not expect to go any further in politics." Several months after he was sworn in as vice president, he was sworn in as president. William McKinley was dead. Theodore Roosevelt became president as the result of an assassin's bullet. Roosevelt promised party leaders that he would continue McKinley's policies. He said he would move slowly in making any changes. In his first message to Congress, President Roosevelt offered a few new proposals. He asked for a Department of Commerce and Labor to deal with industrial problems. He called for a stronger navy, and for limits on immigration, and. He proposed building a canal in Central America to link the Atlantic and Pacific oceans. Businessmen who feared the worst when Roosevelt became president began to breathe easier. It seemed he was not going to push for reforms after all. But Roosevelt was only following an old hunting rule of African tribesmen. 
Speak softly, the rule said, and carry a big stick. Roosevelt spoke softly during his first months as president. He would use the big stick later. When the blow came, it was against big business. A group of wealthy railroad owners had agreed to join their railroads into one. They formed a company to control it. The new company would have complete control of railroad transportation in the American West. There would be no competition. President Roosevelt believed the company violated the Sherman Antitrust Law. The law said it was illegal for businesses to interfere with trade among the states. The law also said it was illegal for any person or group to get control of a whole industry. Since the antitrust law had been passed in 1890, few companies had been found guilty of violating it. So, many people were shocked when Roosevelt announced he was taking action under the law against the railroad trust. He said there could be no compromise in how the law was enforced. And that's our program for today. Join us again tomorrow to keep learning English through stories from around the world. I'm Ashley Thompson. 